we're going to start this episode somber and then work our way to happy as we're going to begin with three RIPs. We're going to have a win-lose stat, which is always good. Then we're going to chat some baseball with Putnam County as we have Coach Chris Newsom and the now-graduated Andrew Pishka and now-graduated Jackson McDonald. We're kind of going to do a Putnam County baseball time capsule because we spoke with Coach Newsom on November 11th of 2022. So in between the 2022 spring season and the 2023 spring season. We spoke to Andrew Pishka three days later. So kind of spoke about not really the same things, but kind of the same things. And then we spoke to Jackson McDonald May 14th. So after the 2022 season and just a few days before the postseason of this past spring, as it is now September 1st of 2023. But MLB's going to the postseason, wrapping up regular season, and who doesn't love to talk about baseball every day, all day, all the time? And Putnam County, the last few years, has been on quite the journey, doing some great things. Got to share, got to put these convos out of the vault and release them to the pod waves. Putnam County is a great program and excited to have all three of these representatives in a lot more as we move on in the future. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. Don't know where you're listening to this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, but you can listen to all of them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, www.rss.com backslash podcast. That is with an S, it's plural, backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Socials, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, and feel free to add me on the personals, Brandon Lachance, it's spelled L-A-Chance, on Facebook, and Twitter is Lachance Writer. On all of those sites, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like, review, five star, a million star, thumbs up, comment, all those cool things. They help us move up the rankings, and they help us do what we're trying to do. That's put a spotlight, a showcase of everything going on in northern and central Illinois. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you like or dislike something I or a guest said, or you like to sponsor Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. As always, much love, appreciation to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the intro and outro beat of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which is brought to you by First State Bank. 19 locations in northern and central Illinois. Great people. They know what they're doing when it comes to banking, and they can help you with anything financially. CDs, loans, checking account, savings account, and much, much more reach out to First State Bank near you. Going to start with my least favorite part of this podcast, but to me it's the most honoring, most fulfilling, most respectful, and I call this the RIP section. Got three of them, and all three of these guys were either a part of my childhood 
or one of them a part of recently and it's just sad but also you got to realize life can go at any minute and we can't be sad it's somber depressed all those negative things when it comes to death i mean it's gonna happen to everybody we just gotta live our lives and then when it's gone honor respect remember those amazing things that people did that's what we're here for wednesday august 23rd terry funk passed away hardcore wrestling legend didn't matter his age i would never want to fight him even after his passing just too tough that dude was crazy tough could fight anybody funk was born june 30th 1944 in hammond indiana he passed away wednesday last wednesday at 79 years old his father was dory funk brother dory funk jr both wrestling well-known names spent 50 years in wrestling and was part of pretty much every promotion known to man late 80s and early 90s with wcw the late 1990s, well, he had a couple different runs, but in the late 1990s as Chainsaw Charlie with Mankind, they were tag team champs, ECW, All Japan Pro, United States Wrestling Association, NWA, Stampede Wrestling, and many, many, many more. He was the NWA, USWA, and the ECW heavyweight champ. Like I just mentioned, he was a WWF tag team champ, ECW television champion he is the member of four hall of fames wwe wcw nwa and hardcore wrestling in june of 2021 it was reported that terry funk had dementia and he was put in an assistant living home and then on december of 2021 rick flair said that he was home and doing well Unfortunately, dementia caught up. I mean, he lasted or battled for two more years as, you know, he passed in August of 2023. Just a great wrestling name, great wrestling family, hardcore legend to the fullest. R.I.P. Terry Funk. This is the one that makes you sad, but also realizing he did so many things in such a short time. Bray Wyatt. 36 years old. I'm 37. Both young men. But the wrestler passed away on August 24th. Wyndham Rotunda is Bray Wyatt's real name. He was born May 23rd, 1987. He's son of the wrestler Mike Rotunda. Might know him as IRS back in the day. He was a tag team champ with Ted DiBiase. His uncles are the Wyndhams. So Barry Wyndham, Kendall Wyndham. All those guys were his uncles. He was in the WWE from 2010 to 2021. Then he came back in 2022 until he passed away August 24th. He was the WWE champ, the Universal champ twice, Raw tag team champion with Matt Hardy, SmackDown tag team champion with Randy Orton and Luke Harper, won the tag team eliminator with Matt Hardy in 2018, and he was named the male wrestler of the year in 2019. Bray died of a heart attack in his sleep as it was reported that he had COVID-19 previously slash recently. R.I.P. Bray Wyatt. For a while, you were my favorite wrestler, favorite gimmick, the fireflies walking out with the lantern, with the skies dark, the music iconic. 
the crab walk or spider walk, Sister Abigail, so many things that I can name of just your short time in wrestling. I know 2010 to 21, that's 11 years, but I mean, there's wrestlers like Terry Funk that wrestled for 50 years. So to say it's short, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, only one decade. Man, it was great watching you. Thank you for everything you did in the ring. RIP Bray Wyatt. The last one made Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok news all over the place. Not that the other two didn't because they were all on those platforms as well. But this one probably resonates home more with more people and with a lot of people, not just wrestling fans, not just a niche market. Bob Barker. Price is Right host from 1972 to 2007. A huge figure in everybody's childhood. He was born December 12th, 1923. Passed away Saturday, August 26th. Game show host is what most people know him by, but he was also a huge animal rights activist. You know, every single episode of Price is Right ended with, make sure you get your pets spayed and neutered. That was Bob Barker doing his due diligence as an animal rights activist. He died of natural causes at the age of 99. If there is one person that's going to fall just short of a dollar to try to win a bet, it would be Bob Barker as he lands on 99 instead of 100. He probably wins everything. Depending on your age, no, you saw the movie Happy Gilmore. Bob Barker makes a cameo in one of the most iconic fight scenes on a golf course of all time. R.I.P. Bob Barker. Know you're missed by many, 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 many people. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account, pay off a high interest credit card, or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB's Premier account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quill loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Win, lose, stat. Monday, August 21st, sports kicked off everywhere. Golf was already going and then all of them caught up. So it being September 1st, we're going to go from Monday, August 21st till Monday, August 28th. Well, when we come back real soon, either today or early in the morning, hopefully tonight, because then our chats will be more timely as we got some football coaches on the next one. So this win-lose stat, Monday, August 21st to Monday, August 28th, and then today on Friday on our second pod of the day, we will catch up from the 29th, 30th, and 31st. So let's get into it. Monday, August 21st, we're going to start on the pitch. Boys, soccer, Earlville 7, Oregon 2. For Oregon, Gavin Morrow scored the two goals. For Earlville, Griffin Cook scored three goals and had two assists. That's quite the day. 
Ryan Browder had two goals, and Trenton Full had one goal, three assists. All three of those Red Raiders putting in work. Sterling beat Dixon 2-2-0. For Sterling, Carter Chance and Ryan Gebhardt had the goals. Indian Creek beat Byron 2-1. For Indian Creek, Antonio Benilla scored. Jacob McNally had an assist. For Byron, scored eight minutes into the second to tie the game 1-1. With 16.1 seconds left, Jason Brewer scored the Indian Creek goal, assisted by Antonio Benilla to get the victory. 16.1 seconds left. Indian Creek beats Byron 2-1. Mendota beat Sandwich 9-2-0. Mendota sophomore Johan Cortez had four goals and one assist, while freshman Isaac Diaz and freshman Cesar Casas had two goals each. Isaac Diaz also had an assist. Logan Dewey had in a goal. The other assists were by Mauricio Martinez, David Casas, Danny Garcia, and Romero Palacios. Everybody getting in on the action, Mendota soccer style. Moving on to the court volleyball. Indian Creek defeated Mooseheart 25-12, 25-18. For Indian Creek, Allie Peterson, six aces, four kills. Izzy Turner, four aces, seven kills, nine assists. Lena Holfen. Three aces, nine assists, one kill, and Alex Edwards, four kills. Byron beat West Carroll in two sets. Plano beat Sandwich, part of the Kishwaukee River Conference, as they moved from the Interstate 8 just from last year. Plano won 25-22, 19-25, For Plano, senior outside hitter Emily Santolin, five aces. Sophomore middle, Lamaya House, eight blocks. 12 kills for senior outside hitter, Alexa Sobieszczak. 17 digs from senior libero, Angela Smithy. Nine assists from freshman setter, Ava Kadena. Four sandwich, Maya Clossing, eight assists, eight digs. Bryn Ripsky, four kills. And Jessica Ramey, seven assists, five digs. Irville beat Amboy 25-13, 25-16. Brooklyn Gildy, three aces, 13 assists. Navaya Sanson, seven kills. Hannah Peff, five kills. Riley Dixon, 10 points, one block. Weathersfield beat Putnam County 25-18, 25-15. Racky Young, 17 assists, five digs, two kills, two blocks, three aces. Whew, that's a mouthful of a stat line. Good for her. Kendall Vinson, five kills, six digs, two aces, one block. Kennedy Anderson, six digs, two aces, six kills. Cora Hodge, 14 digs, one ace, two assists. Lajaya Angel, four kills, one block. Sophie Hemrick, three kills, one block. Emerson Nelson, two kills, two blocks. Weathersfield, that is a stat line. Moving to the courses outside, cross-country style. The Rocket Run at Rock Falls. For the girls, Amboy Samantha Newman finished 34th with a run of 25-16. Team standings, Sherrard won it with a 52. Rock Falls was second with 56. Rockford Christian third with 75. Genoa Kingston fifth with 112. For the boys, Amboy's Bryson Full finished 50th with a run of 22 minutes. 
Team standings, Rockford Christian won with 34. Rock Falls was second with 70. Newman finished fourth with 83. And Genoa Kingston was seventh with 158. Moving to girls tennis, Streeter beat Mendota 3-2. Mendota won the singles behind number one, Ella Lewis, and number two, Lauren Holland, where Streeter won all three doubles competitions. Going to the golf course, starting with girls at Hidden Lake Golf Course in Sheffield, Illinois. Sterling beat Burl Valley 213-253. For the Golden Warriors, Emily Schwingle shot a 47. Kiwani fell to Erie Prophetstown 205-245. For Kiwani, Eleanor Burkhart had a 47. Hope P to 51. Kira Alsup a 68. And Charlotte Burkhart a 79. Going to Boys Golf. BV, Erie Prophetstown, and Kiwani in a triangular. Barrel Valley won with a 165. Erie Prophetstown had a 191. And Kiwani a 223. For Barrel Valley, Wyatt Novotny a 37. Drake Michelin a 42. Landon Birdsky a 43. And Atticus Middleton a 43. Erie Prophetstown's best was Caden Van Horn with a 44. And Kiwani's Owen Lave had a 48, Jack Anderson a 54, Dalton Bender a 59, and Carter Newlib a 62. Sterling placed 10th at the Mark Ruffling Invite in DeKalb. Mason Hubbard was the best Sterling golfer with an 80, which gave him 11th place. Princeton, Ridgewood, and Newman had a triangular at Princeton's Wyatton Hills Golf Course. Princeton won with a 174. Newman also had a 174, but Princeton won the tiebreaker. And Ridgewood had a 176. So all three teams within two strokes of each other. That's pretty impressive. For Princeton, Tyson Phillips shot a 42. Newman's Logan Palmer shot a 40. And Ridgewood's Gracie Russell had the medalist 39. Also on this day, Monday, August 21st, IHSA and Delta Dental of Illinois announced their teaming up their partnership to protect student-athlete smiles across the state as over 40 schools are to receive complimentary mouth guards. One school that Edge of Your Seat podcast covers that is on the list of the 40 schools is Mendota. They will be receiving new mouth guards. Tuesday, August 22nd, on the court, volleyball style, LaSalle, Peru defeated Princeton 25-10, 25-14. For Princeton, Natasha Faber, Fox, five digs, four points, four assists, one ace. Maya Fox, seven digs, three points, two aces, one assist. I was actually at that game, but not at that game, as I was in the LP East gym refereeing the freshman A and B games. I was going to go over there, check out the end, and they were done by the time I was done, so I didn't get to see any action. Well, at least varsity style. Putnam County beat Mendota 25-14, 26-24. For Mendota, Laylee Denault, Grace Wasmer, and Rihanna Brandt had two kills apiece. Plano lost to Cole City 25-12, 27-25. For Plano, Aleska Martinez, six kills, two aces, eight digs. Alexa Sobieskek. Three blocks, six assists. Earlville beat South Beloit 25-10, 25-7. Nevaeh Sansun, 
17 points, 10 aces, and 8 kills for Earlville. Also for the Lady Red Raiders, Hannah Path, 3 kills. Brooke Geldy, 12 assists. Emily Harnes, 10 points, 3 aces. Morris beat Pontiac in 2 sets. AFC defeated Indian Creek, 25-19, 24-26, 25-20. For Indian Creek, Ellie Peterson, 5 kills and 1 block. Alana Morgan, 4 assists, 2 ace, 1 kill. Lena Holthen, 7 assists, and Maya Riffle, 5 aces. Newman beat United Township, which is in East Moline, 25-18, 25-12. For Newman, Kennedy Rousey, 6 kills, 4 blocks, 1 dig. Jess Johns, 5 kills, 5 aces, 11 digs, 1 block. And Molly Olson, 3 aces, 4 digs, 7 assists. Weathersfield beat Burrow Valley, 25-18, 25-10. For Weathersfield, Racket Young, 15 assists, 3 digs. Kendall Vincent, 6 kills, 9 digs, 1 block. Kennedy Anderson, 6 digs, 4 kills, 3 aces. El Paso Gridley beat St. Bede, 28-26, 25-15. For St. Bede, Ella Hermes, 12 digs. Ellie Bosnich, 3 aces, 5 kills, 1 block, 1 dig. And Aubrey Acunchis, 7 digs, 9 assists. Junior College Volleyball. Kishwaukee College beat Elgin Community College, 25-16, 24-26, 25-19, 25-13. For Kishwaukee, freshman Maddie Lavendar who is from Genoa Kingston, 7 kills, 10 digs. Avery Salisbury from Oregon had 15 digs. Julie Leon from DeKalb had 8 digs. Eddie Freestead from Rochelle had 12 Ks, 8 digs. Natalie Buchanan from DeKalb had 11 kills. Kishwaukee starting the season off 1-0 as the program is just coming back after a few years off as they couldn't feel the team, couldn't get coaches. Now volleyball back at Kishwaukee and they fielded a pretty impressive team, at least starting off at the beginning of the season. Wednesday, August 23rd, it was announced IHSA director Kurt Gibson announced his retirement. He is going to retire at the end of this school year, this school season, 2023-2024. Done a lot of good things. He's been around for a long time. And when you think of IHSA, you think of Kurt Gibson. You know, hopefully he goes into retirement and does some cool things or enjoys himself. Uh, Thank you for your time at IHSA and everything you've been able to do for Illinois high school sports. Getting to the sports, girls swimming. Sterling beat Morrison 132-28. These are all Sterling winners. 200-yard medley relay. Peyton Purdy, Sammy Knox, Chloe Clark, Hazel Pham. A 2-minute, 5.83-second swim. 200-yard freestyle. Kate Austin, 2 minutes, 17.26 seconds. 200 intermediate. Madison Austin, 2 minutes, 22.47 seconds. 50-yard freestyle, Sammy Knox, 28.05 seconds. Off the diving board, Presley winners with a 174.40. The 100-yard butterfly, Hazel Pham, 1 minute, 8.17 seconds. 100-yard freestyle, Peyton Purdy, 1 minute, 1.72 seconds. 500 freestyle, Emma Van Horn, 6 minutes, 30.68 seconds. 200 freestyle relay. Chloe Clark, Emma Van Horn, Michelle Henderson-Bellows, and Maggie Morris. 2 minutes, 
5.7 seconds. 100-yard backstroke, Madison Austin, 1 minute, 2.97 seconds. 100 breaststroke, Sammy Knox, 1 minute, 21.34 seconds. 400-yard freestyle relay, Madison Austin, Knox, Clark, and Van Horn, 4 minutes, 9.56 seconds. Moving to the volleyball court, Newark defeated Marquette, 25-8-25-19. Sandwich fell to Johnsburg, 25-11-25-20. For Sandwich, Jordan Bauer, 5 kills, 3 blocks, 2 assists, and Jessica Ramey, 6 assists, 2 kills, 5 digs. Plano fell to Woodstock North, 25-19-25-8. Plano had 3 kills from senior outside hitter Emily Santolin. Boys soccer, Streeter, and Burlington Central Catholic tied 1-1. That had been a good match. Moving on to Thursday, August 24th, volleyball action. Oregon defeated Dakota 25-21, 25-15. Oregon now 1-1 on the season as of Thursday the 24th. For Oregon, Kenna Wabana, 5 kills, 8 digs, 2 blocks, 3 aces. Lexi Ebert, 10 assists, 6 digs. Putnam County beat Midland 25-7, 25-23. Earlville beat Yorkville Christian 25-16, 25-11. For Earlville, Riley Dixon, 10 points, 4 assists. Navaya Sanson, 7 kills, 5 digs. Hannah Peff, 5 kills, 8 points, 1 ace, 9 digs. Bailey Miller, 5 kills. And Brooklyn Geldy, 15 assists, 4 kills. Newman moves to 2-0 as they beat Sterling 1-1, 25-23, 25-23. For Newman, Kennedy Rousey, 12 kills, 2.5 blocks, and 1 dig. Jess Johns, 9 kills, 5 blocks, 8 digs. Molly Olson, 2 kills, 1 ace, 14 assists, 1 block, 3 digs. For Sterling, Delilah Amanqua, 3 kills. Sienna Stingley, 3 kills. Sandwich fell to 0-3 on the season with a 25-22, 25-17 loss to Hankley Big Rock. For Sandwich, Bryn Ripsky, 6 kills, 2 blocks. Jordan Bauer, 5 kills, 8 digs. Maya Clossing, 7 assists. And Brooklyn Marks, 10 digs. Mendota beat Amboy, 25-12, 25-21. For the Trojans, or in volleyball terms, the Spikers. Rihanna Brandt, 6 kills, 2 blocks. Kirby Bond, 5 kills. Gracie Wasmer, 4 kills. Lily Lifefight, 22 digs, 3 aces. Madeline Becker, 18 assists. Moving on to Football Friday. August 25th was week 1 of the football season. Anawan Weathersfield beat South Fulton, 28-0. In 8-man football, Amboy Lamoyo, Ohio defeated Decatur Unity Christian, 46-0. Quarterback Eddie Jones with 2 of 2 for 46 yards. Both touchdown passes that he threw. He threw two. Both to Brennan Blaine, the senior tight end. Senior running back Landon Welchel had two touchdowns. Josh McKendry had a touchdown. And lineman Caleb Sugars had his first touchdown of his entire football career after a 25-yard blocked punt return. Burrow Valley beat Erie Prophetstown 26-7 in a Three Rivers Conference crossover battle. Fieldcrest beat Dwight Gardner South Wilmington 20-19. Fieldcrest had a 12-0 first quarter lead, 
20 to 6 after the third quarter. Then Dwight put two touchdowns on the board in the fourth quarter, but could not tie or pass Fieldcrest. Eddie Lorton for the Knights had 26 carries, 111 yards, three touchdowns. Geneseo beat Chicago Comer 56 to 0. Genoa Kingston 44, Rockford Christian 0. LaSalle Peru beat United Township 34 to 14. Mendota fell to Morrison 54 to 0. Sterling beat Metamora 28-17. Princeton beat Monmouth Roseville 40-0. Princeton is 18-3 in their last 21 road games. And it's the sixth straight season opener that the Tigers have won. Morris 43, Cole City 3. Oregon 6, North Boone 0. Hall lost to Orion 20-14. I was at that game, broadcast it on the Wolf 96.5. Please check us out every week. Me and my color partner, color commentary partner, Justin Borowski. We're there. Always covering the games. Every Hall Red Devils game throughout the entire season. Hall put together a game plan. Just one play was a punt return. And Orion returned it to the two-yard line. The next play, they were able to punch it through. Otherwise, the defense was stout. The running game worked. Hall might be better than you think this year as Randy Teeman has already got them playing solid football. They can only get better from here. Plano 33, Ottawa 20. Marquette was shut out by Aurora Christian 42-0. Yorkville beat Plainfield South 30-6. In eight-man football, Polo 62, Peoria Heights 14. Polo led 24-8 after the first quarter. They outscored Peoria Heights 30-6 in the second and 8-0 in the third. No points were scored in the fourth quarter. Brock Soltau, 14 carries, 110 yards, and three touchdowns for Polo. Byron beat Rock Falls 77-6. Seneca knocked off Wilmington 27-21. Kiwani beat Sherrard 28-21. St. Bede beat Tuscola 34-25. Dixon knocked off Stillman Valley, 28-14. Streeter, victorious over East Peoria, 74-29. Sycamore knocked off rival DeKalb, 42-7. Caneland fell to Washington, 33-27. Rochelle skunked Woodstock, 40-0. Those were all Friday scores. Saturday, we had three games. El Paso Gridley, 49. Macon Meriden, 20. AFC fell to Orangeville, 54-9 in eight-man football. And Sandwich defeated Mantino, 34-14. Sandwich was trailing 7-0, but then outscored Mantino, 34-7 between the second and fourth quarter. Simeon Harris had 178 yards, two touchdowns. His longest run was 63 yards. Already putting in work is Simeon Harris. Those are the scores from week one high school football in northern central Illinois. We are heading into week two as it started yesterday, actually, on Thursday, August 31st, as Stillman Valley defeated Rock Falls 49-7 and Sandwich beat Piatone 42-19. They will also be mentioned when we talk about week two results, but week is already underway. Heading into this week, the IHSA polls 
In 1A, we had three representatives in the top 10. N1 Weathersfield at number seven. They were eight in the preseason poll. Newman is number eight now. They were number 10 in the preseason poll. And St. Bede wasn't ranked in the preseason poll, are now number nine. In 2A, at number four is Seneca. They were number eight in the preseason poll. El Paso Gridley also received five votes just outside the top 10. Class 3A, Princeton moved to number one from number two. Byron fell from number one to number two. This is a race that we're going to be watching all season long. Genoa Kingston received 11 votes and Stillman Valley received a vote as well. Class 4A, Morris, number three. They were number four in the preseason poll and Rochelle moved up from number 10 to number six. Geneseo received five votes. In 5A, Sycamore is number three after being number six in the preseason poll. Sterling received one vote. In 7A, Yorkville is number nine as they moved up from the tie from eight. Eh, maybe not moved up. Maybe stayed the same. They did not move up. They stayed the same. Fell down just one digit from tied for eighth to ninth. Also on Friday, boys soccer. Mendota won the Oregon tournament for the third straight year. Here are the Trojan scores. 0-0 tie with Woodstock. 1-0 forfeit win over Hinkley Big Rock. Then they put up some goals. 7-0 over Oregon. Johan Cortez had four goals. 8-0 win over Riverdale. Cameron Kelly and Brian Herrera had two goals each. And a 2-1 victory over Richmond Burton in the championship, giving Trojans a 5-0-1 record. So five wins, zero losses, one tie. Also on Friday, at the Oregon Tournament, Oregon defeated Riverdale 4-1. Sterling defeated Princeton 2-0. On Saturday, Oregon defeated Schaumburg Christian 2-0. Sterling beat Orion 4-0. And Princeton lost to Woodstock 2-0. As I said, Mendota won the championship over Richmond Burton. Third place game, Sterling fell to Woodstock 1-0. And Oregon beat Princeton 5-0 in the 5th place game. The War on 34 was hosted by Earlville. Friday was day one as Earlville beat Kiwani 4-2-1. Earlville goalie was Adam Waite. Defense led by Carlos Gonzalez, Grady Hart, Easton Fruit, and Ryan Browder. They did their thing, holding Kiwani to one goal. The goals by Earlville were scored by Michael Clemens, Griffin Cook, and Trenton Fruit had two. Yorkville Christian lost to Westminster Christian 6-0. LaSalle Peru beat Depew Hall 2-1 on Friday. On Saturday, in the championship semifinals, Earlville lost to Westminster Christian 3-0. LP beat Morris 1-0. In the consolation semis, Kiwani beat Yorkville Christian 8-0. And Depew Hall was victorious over Pecatonica 3-0. In the championship game, LaSalle Peru lost to Westminster Christian. WC, the champ of the War on 34, 1-0 in the championship match. Third place, Earlville beat Morris 2-1 on penalty kicks. Consolation championship, Kiwani beat Depew Hall 8-1. Seventh place game, Yorkville Christian beat Pecatonica 3-0. Boys golf. 
the Riverdale Wayne Brickmeyer Invitational at Byron Hills in Port Byron. Riverdale was the winner with a 282, Byron second with a 306, Geneseo fifth with a 325, St. Bede was sixth with a 326, and St. Bede seventh with a 336. For Hall, Landon Plim finished runner up with a 71, Jake Diaz. Shot an 82, Noah Plima 85, and Joseph Perez an 88. In a triangular, Marquette beat Serena and Salmonac as the Crusaders of Marquette had a 172, Serena 183, and Salmonac 183, Serena won the tiebreaker. For Marquette, Hunter Statton had a 41 to earn medalist. Let's take a break real quick, hear a word from an amazing sponsor, and we'll be back picking up some more win-lose stat. Believe it or not, beautiful weather's been here. Not just getting here, it's been here. This means you want your lawn looking just as good as the sun rays feel. It's never too late. Get some trimming, some trees gone, all that landscape stuff that you might be able not to do. But I know somebody that can. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping because it's the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a senior citizen discount. Call 815-878-7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. I don't know about you, but after I'm working on the yard or even watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of good eats. Go to Little Joe's located at 713 Illinois Avenue in Mendota or call 815-538-4900 for more information. Moving on in win-lose stat to Saturday, August 26th on the golf course, Girls Golf, Princeton's Ryder Cup at the Wyaton Hills Golf Club. Rock Ridge won it with a 169, Dixon was second with a 180, Princeton was third with a 191, LaSalle Peru was seventh with a 209, and Barrel Valley finished eighth with a 242. Back to the pitch, boys soccer, Genoa Kingston won the Stillman Valley Tournament, the Consolation Tournament, 2-1 with a win over Marengo. At the Serena Tournament, Ottawa won the championship as they beat Sandwich 9-0, Indian Creek 4-1, and Serena 1-0. Brady Wentz was the goalie in all three matches and had two shutouts. Grayson Skinner had four goals, Luis Badello had three goals, and the championship goal, the one score against Serena, came from Alexio Fernandez. At the Serena tournament, Indian Creek lost to Ottawa, then lost to Serena 3-2, but defeated Sandwich 5-3. Girls tennis at the Newman tournament. Rockford Lutheran won with 9 points. Mendota was second with 9 points. Newman was third with 6. St. Bede was fourth with 6 points. Princeton had 4 points for 6th place. And Kiwani was 7th with 3. For Mendota, the number 2 singles player Natalia Salinas won the bracket. Also for Mendota, number one doubles, Lauren Holland and Mariah Figueroa finished second. St. Bede's number two singles player, Bailey Ingalls, finished third. 
at the Freeport Invitational, Dixon won the invite. They defeated Freeport 6-0 and Rockford Christian 6-0, beat Belvedere North 5-1. For Dixon, number one singles, Grace Ferguson was the winner of the bracket. Number one doubles, Brooklyn Arges and Rachel Lance beat Rockford Christian 10-2, Freeport 10-2, and Belvedere North 10-2 to win the doubles bracket. Volleyball, the Hall Early Bird Tournament. Fieldcrest was the winner, Sherrard second, Princeton third, St. Bede fourth. Fieldcrest beat Sherrard in the championship, 23-25, 25-22, and 25-23 in three close sets. Princeton beat St. Bede in the third place game, 21-25, 25-10, 25-11. The semifinals, Sherrard knocked off St. Bede, 25-21, 25-19. Also in a semifinal, Fieldcrest beat Princeton, 25-11, 25-15. In the fifth place match, Hall beat Roanoke Benson, 25-21, 25-22. For Princeton in pool play, they beat Roanoke Benson, 25-22, 25-20. Tied with Sherrard, 25-18 and 18-25. Beat Galva, 25-14, 25-14 before the semifinal loss to Fieldcrest in the third place victory over St. Bede. For Princeton's individual performances, Maya Fox, 38 points, 35 digs. Kaylee Davis, 18 kills and 8 points. Natasha Faber-Fox, 79 assists, 9 aces. Ellie Hatt, 30 kills, 6 aces. For St. Bede in pool play, they lost to Fieldcrest, 25-17, 25-15. Tied with Hall, 22-25. 25-17, beat Stark County, 25-15, 25-12. Ella Hermes, three aces, three kills, 29 digs, 11 points. Aubrey Acuchis, seven aces, 25 digs, 23 points, three blocks, 52 assists. Ali Bosnich, three aces, 27 kills, nine blocks, 10 digs, 18 points. Plano was at the Wilmington Invite as they went one and three. A 25-22, 25-15 loss to Oak Forest. Lost to Wilmington, 25-17, 25-13. Beat Lyle, 25-19, 25-16. Then lost to Seneca, 25-19, 25-20. Plano finished sixth out of eight. Emily Santolin, the senior outside hitter, was named to the all-tournament team. The Ottawa Volleyball Tournament's Indian Creek went 0-4. Izzy Turner, 15 assists, 2 aces, 20 kills, 1 block. At the Rockford Jefferson Tournament, Sterling went 2-2-1. A loss to Rockford Christian, 25-20, 25-19. A loss to the Huntley JV team, 28-26, 25-12. Tied Marengo, 20-25, 25-23. Beat Rockford Jefferson, 25-12, 25-10, and beat Rockford East, 25-18, 25-18. Moving on to Monday, August 28th, Junior College Women's Soccer, Kishwaukee, beat Bryant-Stratton, 5-1. Mavi Avila from Rochelle had three goals, and Tracy Nelson from Byron had two goals. Kishwaukee Men's Soccer also played Britton-Stratton, but lost 3-2. 
The two goals for Kishwaukee came from Josiah Antemio and Amon Faraya. Juco Women's Golf sticking with Kishwaukee as they were at Galesburg. The Charger invite the Lake Backen Golf Course. Aubrey Etner finished with a 114. Moving to high school girls golf. Princeton defeated Fieldcrest 219 to 224. For Princeton, Eddie Carr had a medalist 49, while Fieldcrest Ava Marty had a 54. Stillman Valley beat North Boone 222 to 288. Stillman Valley's Amelia Dunseth had the medalist 42. Boys golf. Stillman Valley beat North Boone 187 to 219. For Stillman Valley, Noah Claren had a 43 medalist score. And Ara Michigan had a 46. Morris defeated Seneca and Cole City. As Morris had a 172, Seneca 172, and Cole City a 176. Roanoke Benson beat Cornerstone 170 to 211. Caden Harms had a 40 for medalist. Ottawa defeated Caneland. As Ottawa had a 151, Caneland a 159. Ottawa's Briar Harris was a medalist with a 36. Moving on to the pitch, Oregon beat Rockford Christian 3-0 in a big Northern Conference battle. Oregon goals, Stephen Geraldo, Keaton Salisbury, and Leo Cardenas scored the three goals. Irville beat South Beloit 9-0. All goals were in the first half as Griffin Cook had three, Trenton Fruit and Colton Fruit had two, Easton Fruit and Adam Waite had one goal each. Ottawa beat Morris 1-0. Michael Bedello had the one goal, 10-47 in the first half. Brady Wentz had the shutout save, shutout victory as the goalkeeper. He had three saves plus a second half penalty kick block. Plano 3, Indian Creek 1. Moving on to volleyball, Indian Creek fell to Aurora Christian 25-6, 25-12. Newman's now 3-0 on the season after defeating Dixon 26-24, 25-17. Jess Johns had 11 kills, 2 aces, 9 digs. St. B defeated Hinkley Big Rock, 25-19, 25-8. Ali Bosnich, 6 kills, 3 blocks, 2 aces. Samanak defeated Plano, 25-12, 19-25, 25-21. For Plano, 9 kills each from Lita Laura and Alexa Sobishkik. Princeton beats United Township, 25-10, 25-13. Putnam County beat Galva 25-17, 25-13. And GK, Genoa Kingston beat Sycamore 25-18, 25-10. Elena Pierce had nine kills for the Genoa Kingston Cogs. Girls Tennis, Sterling knocked out Freeport 4-1. Woo! Gotta love win-lose stat to know what everybody in our area, northern central Illinois, is doing on the pitch the volleyball court, cross-country track, tennis court, all of the above doing big things. Does your driver need a new grip? 7-iron need a new head? Putter need to be replaced? Want to play a simulator during rainy cold days? Sports Boss Golf is your one-stop shop for everything golf. Located at 2950 Kane Road in Leland, Sports Boss has over 10,000 used clubs and new clubs for sale. Owner Mark Wright rebuilds, repairs, replenishes the value of every club in his own shop. Want a Callaway? Sports Boss has it. 
Abedinardi, Bridgestone, Cleveland, Cobra, Exotics, Crank, Mizuno, Odyssey, Puma, Strixon, TaylorMade, Tor Edge, Wilson. Whew. Sports Boss has a partnership with each and every one of those top brands. Check out Sports Boss Golf Shop on Facebook or call Sports Boss Golf at 815-326-9686 or email sportsboss777 at gmail.com to book simulator time, inquire about repairing or purchasing clubs, and any other of your golf needs. We're going to wrap this up. Huge thank you to Chris Newsom, Andrew Pishka, and Jackson McDonald for joining us. Want to say just a few things to catch people up as we do these interviews. Like I said, Newsom was September 11th of 2022. Andrew Pishka, September 14th of 2022. And Jackson McDonald, May 14th of 2023. As we're putting together a Putnam County baseball time capsule from the last couple seasons. And we add some fall ball talk in there as well. In 2022, Putnam County was a two seed in their subsectional. Putnam County got to the sectional final, but fell 4-1 to Marquette. And trust me, you'll get all the feelings on that as I talk to each one of our three guests about that game in the sectional final. 2023, Putnam County was a four seed in their sectional subsectional. They fell to Aurora Christian 6-0 in a regional championship game. Both Andrew Pishka and Jackson McDonald are going to be playing baseball at St. Charles Community College in Missouri. Both of them are committed, ready to play some college ball. There are some other local teams that are mentioned. St. Bede, Marquette, and Henry Sanchuan from Jackson McDonald in the 2023 season. Marquette lost in the sectional semifinal. St. Bede lost to Marquette in the regional game before Marquette advanced. Henry Sanchuan made it all the way to the state championship game where they were the runner-up. Great seasons from all four teams. Man, baseball every, every single year is super cool. Unfortunately, Putnam County is not playing fall baseball this year. They've been doing it forever. This year, they're not. In the conversation with Chris Newsom, he describes or explains the situation with Putnam County joining Hall football that you have to have certain numbers to balance it out. And if you have 15% or more of your male athletes playing football, then you can't have fall baseball and that is what happened this season. That is why Putnam County is not playing fall ball. It's in here. He talks about it. He describes it better than I can. You know what that means? Let's get to the interviews. Until next time, which will be soon as we were going to, not were, we are going to release football interviews with Hall Putnam County coach Randy Teeman and Amboy football coach Scott Payne. Those will be in the next episode coming out probably today before week two games start. Until next time, until then, peace. It's football season. I'm in the background on mute as fantasy football lineups and stuff is Sunday of week one is about to start in about a half hour and 20 something minutes. But always room 
time anticipation to talk about baseball. We got a baseball guy on today, Chris Newsom, Putnam County baseball coach and athletic director. Chris, how's it going, my friend? It's going well. I appreciate you having me on. Definitely. And we had spoke about this. I've been doing the show. Next month will be three years, and you haven't been on yet. You're like, do you not even like me anymore, Brandon? I know. I, I thought I thought I did something to you. <laughs> never, 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 never. Just, you know, sometimes we have to save the best for later on, you know? I'll take it. I don't think I'm the best, but I'll take it. <laughs> Perfect. We had this discussion at the end of the spring season. So we're in yeah. September, the end of the spring season. So we'll say May, June. I think this was actually in June when the playoffs started getting to the later levels which you made it to and you had a fantastic season everybody was paying attention to Putnam County baseball which is kind of the norm come playoffs now as you guys have come become like a class 1a perennial playoff favorite yeah I mean um, anytime we can get some publicity out for the program and for some of our um, specific players I'm always going to take the, the opportunity to talk about it but yeah, we've been blessed here in our area with many good teams uh, well before I even came here. Great coaches and great players, and it's, and it's worked out to our benefit and been able to put some hardware on the wall, so that's always nice. Lots of things that go off there. First of all, you said you've, you know, before you got there, how long have you been with Putnam County now? It's had to have been like six, seven years. Oh, I think I'm in my 10th year in the district, but ninth year as the head coach. Nine years, so I try to cut you off three. I apologize. That's okay. It all runs together, honestly, Brandon, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I would have to look that up to be 100% honest, but I feel 85% confident I got that number right. Because I remember Joey was there before you, and then, of course, uh, Dave Garcia. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I met Dave at a, a baseball showcase after they had their great run, and then he said that there was an open position for a JV coach or, or varsity assistant. I tell you right now, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. And I was at Amboy at the time and um, living in Winona, so it would have cut my an hour drive one way down to about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. So I jumped on that and luckily got the, the position of a technology director and did that for a couple of years and had always been the baseball coach. I was assistant with Joey for one year after Dave went to Parkland. And then Joey moved to assistant principal, gave up baseball, and I stepped into those shoes. So I've been doing that ever since. And then we can get to some of the other things you just mentioned, including hardware. This past season that I briefly mentioned got to a sectional final against Marquette. And I would say you guys are rivals at this point. Yeah, we always play pretty well um, against each other. Um, I know that they, they probably circle it on their schedule, and I know our guys look at it in the same fashion, um, where we know it's going to be a, a highly competitive ball game. I mean, they got a great program, great coach, so we know it's going to be scratch and claw, and whoever plays the most clean game and does the little things well typically wins that one. So, And unfortunately, in this sectional final, that's kind of what the case was. I think you guys had a couple yeah. errors early. Marquette got a yeah. couple runs on, and you couldn't catch up. Yeah, I mean, we felt good, honestly, going into that. Yeah, I thought we were playing some pretty good ball. Having beaten Taylor uh, in the regular season, which is probably what I would consider their ace. I mean, he's a stud, a bulldog on the mound. So, And at their place, I mean, I thought we had all the momentum. And 
even when we didn't play well at our place in the regular season, we were up late in that game because of some miscues that they had. So, um, and then they stormed back there in the sixth and seventh to take the the lead and eventually win at our place. So we've split in the regular season, and unfortunately Taylor had some issues with uh, shoulder, I believe, late in the season. So we knew we were, we were not going to see him. So we were either going to see Thompson or or Nelson and. Picked a bad day not to hit the baseball, let's put it that way, and then a couple uncharacteristic errors, like you said, of, I think, Smith and, and Jackson, two sure-handed guys, like, all season long, like, I feel so confident if the ball hit to them, and it just didn't happen. Um, it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda thing. They're a great team, and um, it stung a little bit more because we knew how Sterling on the other sectional championship had to extend themselves, and they got pushed back because of weather a couple days so their stud pitcher couldn't bounce back so we knew it was whoever won our game had a pretty good shot to go to Peoria and unfortunately it wasn't the Panthers this year but even getting to a sectional final I'm like oh we didn't get that you know further push but every single year it seems like you guys are playing for a sectional you're right there on the doorstep as a program and, and a leader of a program I think that's kind of what our expectation should be we definitely don't want to settle for anything less at this point, I think we've got the talent. I mean, it all goes in a roller coaster, like every single school. I mean, we're going to have down years. We're going to have years that are up at the peak, and hopefully, you can take advantage of those times where um, we've got some talent here in the program. Um, got a pretty good senior class coming back, and I think the expectations are pretty high. And not only my expectations, but the, the players—they want to go farther. So it's always good when they're hungry and they're they're putting in the extra work. Hopefully, it pays off this spring. And just to go back to that sectional final for one second, I was doing radio uh, color commentating on the on the playoff bracket on that side, and I talked to you and I talked to Todd Hopkins, the Marquette coach, before the game, and both of you didn't say a lot of words, just like, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Super laser focused and already knew, like, hey, this, this is going to be the real one right here. For sure. Yeah, I mean... There is no secret once you play somebody already twice in a year. I mean, there's. it's not like you're bringing up somebody. Because we play each other, I think, I think last year we played each other like the last, maybe a week before the postseason started. So we didn't even play each other before the seeding. So it was hard because, I mean, don't get me going on the whole seeding and that we're in the same sub-sectional every single year. I don't know why I just say does that. Well, we feel like there are two pretty good teams in the area, and I – it would be nice to get those split up, rather, and uh, not have to see each other in a sectional. It'd be a great super sectional draw, but that's a that's a whole other um, podcast for you. Um, <laughs> maybe you can get Craig Anderson on the line with that one and see why they do that. But uh, I'll leave that up to them, and we can only control what we can control. So we play whoever's in front of us. But yeah, we all knew it was going to be a, a barn burner. You talk about these seniors coming into this season, but you lost a few seniors from last year in that super or that sectional that was their last game. If you want to talk about those guys, what they meant to the program, and especially last season. Yeah, so the, the seniors we lost, Drake, Chris, and uh, uh, Kale. Andrew was a junior last year, so he's, he's back. So that's something that, that is nice to, to have. It gives a little comfort to... Myself and, and Coach Sales, my assistant, and probably the other players, if they would tell you the truth on that, then I mean, he's a pretty good darn ball player. So, but in terms of Drake, um, his loss uh, or losing him to graduation.
situation. Thankfully, he got um, moved on playing at uh, Spoon River in a pretty good conference there. So I think that's a good landing spot for him. I mean, he's a bulldog on the mound. I, I always wants the ball, did not want to ever come out, um, and then usually hit right behind Andrew in the two-hole for us. Um, sometimes moving him over and sometimes just letting him swing away. And Andrew obviously did his thing on the base path. So, and then I think a, a loss that will feel, I don't know, I want to say more than Drake, but Uzella was a very, I guess, a utility guy. I mean, he could play anywhere. Uh, he could pitch. He was a backup catcher. When Nick didn't catch, right field, uh, center field, you could put him in, in on the infield and he would be just fine. Just a pretty good all-around athlete. So having that like Swiss Army knife type of guy is always good to have. Um, just based on who's pitching that day, what holes does, does that pitcher say? Maybe he's your starting third baseman, so now you got to fill that. And uh, maybe your backup third baseman is your starting second baseman. So do you slide that guy? I mean, there's just different things. And when you have that Swiss Army knife of, of a Chris Uzola, it was nice to be able to plug him in wherever needed, and he, he did everything just fine. So um, that one will probably be a tough one to fill, not to slight Drake by any means. He was obviously a, a stud for us. And then Kale, we got him in um, when we could. He was my comedic relief guy. He would always make me laugh, even when not even trying to laugh. So it was it was nice to have Kale around, and, and like I said, we got him in when we could, and, and he made the most of his opportunities. So it was nice to... Nice group of seniors last year, and then um, the guys that we have coming back, I mean, are, it's the heart of the team, essentially. I mean, it's pretty heavy senior class this year, and they play a lot of baseball, so hopefully it, it turns into more stuff hanging on the walls after this spring. And even though this wasn't scripted, to call Andrew Pishka a senior last year when he was a junior, I did that on air, and I've done that in conversations, and then right after, like, he is a junior, Brandon, but he plays yeah. like a senior. He acts like a senior. Yeah. He talks and everything in his demeanor, he seems yeah. older than he is. Like, even when he was a sophomore, yeah. I was like, this guy's going to college next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a very mature young man. Um, not the most outspoken uh, on the field. Definitely a lead by example. He'll put people in their place when they need to be, but when the effort's not there or too much joking around, but... He's definitely lead by example, and I am so fortunate to have him back for senior year. I'm, I'm very glad that you said that in air and that he is back. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am glad that he is back as well. Uh, and this is only his third high school season because he didn't get his freshman year. That's so crazy. It's, it's unbelievable, yeah, to, to think that. And I mean, every single year he's played, he's gone from eighth grade to leading off for varsity in two All-State seasons in his pocket. I mean, that, that's where we're at with this kid. Um, and he's still unsigned for college. So that's something we're obviously working on. Um, I almost toy and dabble with sending stuff out. I mean, I'm probably three or four times a week I'm sending stuff out just to say, hey, are, are you guys seeing this kid? Like, what am I seeing that, that you guys are not, essentially? And um, Super bright kid, super uh, competitive, great character. He's going to make a program better no matter where he ends up going next year, for sure. And two All-State nods, that means the state is seeing it too, so I don't know why the next level isn't because he's definitely college material. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's going to be a good college athlete, good ball player for, like I said, whoever picks him up. And he's smart. I think he wants to go into engineering. So I, I don't know if the – it's hard to get 1A kids a lot of notoriety for the bigger schools unless you know somebody that's there. So it might be a JUCO route, which is totally fine. I think there's tons of great JUCO baseball, and, and it's hard to argue with the, the opportunities that JUCO can provide baseball players, to tell you the truth. Not only the funding, too. I mean, it's hard to argue with two, two free years of school, um, no matter where you go. Um, and if you can pay, play baseball at the same time, it's great. But, yeah, I mean, the All-State nomination, I was unsure whether he would get it his senior year. I even asked Hop over at Marquette just because he's got a number of All-State guys in his back pockets throughout the years. So I said, hey, is this guy nom- – should I nominate this kid? And he said, absolutely. So I put in all that stuff. Finally shook out. I was sitting out down at the Illinois Athletic Directors Association meeting in um, Peoria. They tweeted out the All-State team. I got so excited. I was pumped for that kid. Uh, he worked so hard and finally gets some notoriety. This past year, I was I would be pretty upset if he did not get it based on his uh, performance, uh, especially in the last two-thirds of the season. He was just a tear on fire, um, hard to get out. So uh, his stats were definitely All-State worthy. And then when you get PBR, I mean, there's pros and cons about PBR, but when they nominate or, or select the student from a 1A school to be on their All-State team, Andrew was selected to third team them. I mean, that's the entire state, which is, I don't know if they agree with me by saying, but they're pretty heavy up in the suburbs above pretty much north of I-80. They, they have a pretty big focus. So getting somebody south of that and, and the small school to boot, I mean, that's, that's saying something for the kid um, to get nominated for essentially a, a statewide scouting organization. Yeah, and PBR, you're totally right, I'll say it. When you look at their, you know, all-state nominations or even their squads, a lot of them, we're talking Oswego, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Glenbard, all those, uh, Plainfield, you know, all those yeah. areas, no doubt, they're loaded on their rosters. Yep, yep. Addition to Pishka, I know you got some other seniors, like you said, this is senior dominant and the core of yeah. the team. Who else are we talking here? Oh, man, I... How much time do we have? I, Austin Mattingly um, is, is another returner. He's played every year, essentially. He's a plug-and-play outfielder right now. You name the school, he's plug-and-play. If he continues to develop his offensive abilities, uh, super athletic. He's a freakishly athletic kid. If he can get that batting average up a little bit more, I mean, he just, in this fall, uh, He's been crushing the ball so far, so hit a two-run bomb yesterday down in uh, Okaw Valley against uh, North Clay, who's the defending 1A state champ. So it's nice to see him square the ball up like that, pitches for us, got a cannon. So he's going to play college baseball. I know that for a fact. He's going to get some more notoriety as the season goes on, I believe. Um, Josh Jessen, he's probably first base DH for us. Um, it's nice to have a, a lefty power bat in the lineup with Josh. Lucas Wiesbrock, kind of a infield outfield guy on occasion for us. Ryan Hunley, he'll pitch for us. He'll play second base. Troy Petty's going to get some big innings. Uh, he was our regional championship starting pitcher. He was the sectional semifinal game starting pitcher, winning pitcher. 
pitcher. So he's going to get plenty of innings. Good kid. He's going to play some college baseball somewhere. Blake Phillips has really come into his own with pitching late last year and into the fall. Um, he's put more of a focus on it. Um, really increased his arm strength. So I look for good things coming out of him. Also will be a starting outfielder. Dylan Bush is another senior that plays outfield for us, continuing to improve his swing. So Nick Curry, he's one of our first seniors that have signed to play college baseball. He committed to the University of Missouri Science and Technology, a very high academic school, but still playing baseball at the collegiate level, which is awesome to see. Um, he throws probably one of our harder throwers, um, continuing to work on, on his catching skills. He's probably going to be a starting catcher for us quite a bit. Plays a great third base. Just got a cannon for an arm. And then Jackson um, is probably the last senior. I hope I didn't forget anybody, but last, certainly not least. He could be a starting outfielder. He could be a starting catcher. He, he primarily starts at first for us when he doesn't pitch. Uh, just another just freakishly athletic kid um, and has been for pretty much as long as I've known him. I think he, in eighth grade, he, he's looked exactly the same as he does right now. Probably six three with a beard. Just <laughs> matured awfully early and then just continuing to get stronger um, and develop his, his mentality in the game and the understanding of, of baseball. Um, this is a guy that, that had a pretty high focus on basketball, to tell you the truth, for the first couple of years. Um, didn't play summer baseball. Played AAU uh, and did well. Honestly, but I think it's just having the understanding of his skill set and the potential. Uh, I think his ceiling is much higher uh, in baseball than it would be in basketball. Uh, I don't think he's going to get quite as tall as his dad. So at 6'3", you're probably thinking point guard for college basketball, maybe a shooting guard. But I think it was wise of him to kind of shift the focus away and spend a lot more of his summertime with baseball, and I think it, it's going to pay dividends here. I mean, he's going to be a guy that plays college baseball. Austin's going to play college baseball. Um, Andrew's going to play college baseball. Troy's going to play college baseball. Blake probably could play college baseball. I think he wants to, and there's enough schools out there that, that if a kid really wants to and is a hard worker, you can do it. I don't know if anybody else uh, of the, the kids that I named off for seniors have aspirations to play, but um, they definitely have the skill set. So, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of players there that, that I see playing college baseball next year. Usually you, you're happy with one or two. I think I just named off half a dozen. Um, <laughs> right. So, I mean, uh, the expectations are high, and, and it's not like we're going to go play at Texas or Stanford. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we have the guys that will plug and play in the JUCO level, guys that will play at, at D3s, NAIAs, and, and that's a good, good level of baseball for them. Some, I think, if they do go down that JUCO route, will end up at a mid-major uh, at the Division One level and be highly successful. I really do think that. I'm glad you said that. I mean, I know kids and other, you know, people are like, oh, D1, 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 Illinois, Wisconsin, you know, those, I'm right. um, maybe not necessarily talking for baseball schools, but just those level mm-hmm. of colleges. And I've been to a lot of JUCO programs I've been to a lot of D3 and AI. That level of baseball is serious. And in a year or two, you see a lot of those guys in the farm system for the MLB and going, moving up the levels. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're high-level baseball that you don't ever see on TV. 
everybody says that D1, 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 because that's what's, that's what's out there. That's what makes the money. That's what gets on TV. That's what the advertisers pay for to, to have their products shown while the game's going on. You know what I mean? There's so, so, so high-level baseball out there that, that nobody ever sees unless you get out and about and go, go to an actual field somewhere and, and watch these kids play. There are tons, tons of JUCOs that guys are, are just bringing it. I mean, pitcher-wise, I mean, we're talking mid-90s and just didn't qualify academically for whatever reason. Um, and then there's guys that just want to stay close to home, but they could go wherever they wanted to. I mean, it, it, there's so many stories out there of things like that. But, yeah, we've got some really, really good lower level, let's say, baseball, but high-quality baseball that's out there. I agree. I totally agree. mentioned, you know, fall seasons here. Not a lot of the baseball programs in the area yeah. still play fall ball but putnam county every year always has a team on the field yeah it's something that that is i mean we'd like to keep it when we can i mean the this year with the new uh co-op with football it was kind of in question to tell you the truth so ihsa has a, a rule and it goes off the population your male population that takes part in the football co-op so all has the co-op they're the they're the administrative school or the host school if you will um, so they can't have fall baseball, but the co-oping school, so us, we can as long as our male population that takes part in the football co-op is less than 15% of our males. So we, essentially we have to look, count up all the males in our school, and then if we're under 15% that take part in the co-op, we can still have fall baseball. If we go over that mark, we cannot have fall baseball. So this year we're under. We'll see what next year brings. Yeah, because this was the first year of the football co-op, so if it catches steam, yeah. then that baseball in fall might not be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a big question mark. Um, it, it was even going into to this season. I mean, I, when I contact IHSA, I just say, hey, this is what we're doing. When is, like, what dates do I take the numbers from, essentially? And they're like, oh, that's a great question. I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so... Essentially, we just boiled it down to like, okay, once the first week of football practice starts, let's look at the numbers and see where we're at. And we were under the, the percentage mark, so onward with fall baseball. I mean, we're only playing eight games this fall. It's a little bit less than normal because uh, in the past years, we've played Gardner South Wilmington, but they just canceled fall because they're back in a co-op with football with Dwight. So those were our... On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'd play them home and away, and then we'd go travel south for the Saturdays. Well, now those Tuesdays and Thursdays are gone, unfortunately. So we're playing every Saturday in September is our schedule for two games. So we got eight games on the schedule. And just in September, so Saturdays in September. Just in September, yeah. So we've, we're halfway through. Um, we met up at Illinois State, and we played uh, Effingham St. Anthony's in the first uh, weekend, and they had, I think, talking to their coach, I think they were 11 and 1 um, when we first played them, and that was, and we were 0 and 0. So um, they definitely had a, a head start on us, um, as in most schools from from that far south. I mean, it, they have conference schedules; they've got you name it in the fall for, for baseball. So they definitely have a head start and um, a competitive advantage when it comes to that. But I feel like we do the same up here in our area like if we keep fall baseball I feel like that gives us a competitive advantage going into the spring so and then after that first weekend we lost both games at St. Anthony's first game was was competitive and then we kind of 
ran out of a little pitching there at the end. And we went down to um, Oakland Valley High School this past weekend, well, yesterday. Split there. We met with Louisville, which is North Clay. They're defending 1A state champs. Won that one 4-2. to two. And then played Totopolis, a perennial 2A powerhouse. Um, lost 4 to nothing. So that was a good day for us. It definitely made some good strides from first weekend to second weekend. This next weekend we go to Windsor to play Windsor, Stu Strauss, uh, Co-op, Mulberry Grove, and Woodlawn are all in a little like kind of round robin tournament down there. We've gone every year, so it's nice to, to go to a familiar place. They're very hospitable and uh, enjoy having us come down. I think we got Woodlawn first. If we beat them, we'll probably play Windsor, who plays Mulberry Grove. So last year we played Windsor. I think we lost maybe two to one in an extra inning. So it was a good tournament. It should be another good tournament. Windsor is, is a good ball club. I think they're the only loss to Effingham St. Anthony's, that, that 11 and one team. So it should be a Marquette type game, if you will. So even though only eight games, you're still getting the boys yeah. out there to competitive baseball to get them ready. Oh yeah. I mean, it's high level baseball. These guys, especially the teams from the South, I mean, they're in the middle of a fall season if not towards the end, because they play right away. And they play with, I mean, it's a varsity squad for them. I mean, we're playing freshmen through seniors, and I split it up evenly, or I try to. So there'll be games with Nick Curry on the mound throwing 88, and we've got a freshman second baseman that has never played high school baseball. There's pros and cons of that. I don't want to totally load up on one game and sacrifice the younger kids in the second game, but... We also want to win every game and be competitive, so we got to find that happy balance of being able to, to back up our, I guess, the team rep name. And I mean, Putnam County, they, they expect us to play well down there. So it's it's one of those things where you got to find that happy medium and, and make fall ball enjoyable, um, but yet competitive at the same time and, and worthwhile of making yourself better for the spring, essentially, is how we go about it. Sounds like you are still a strong supporter of fall ball and do not want it to go away. Yeah, if we can keep fall ball, it's, I, I would love more schools in our area to bring back fall ball. It was before me, but there used to be Tri-County Conference fall baseball. I mean, it was every team in the conference would play it. And, and the guys that I've talked to, the older guys that, that have graduated and um, gone through it, and it's been quite some time, but, I mean, they said that that was almost a, a more of an emphasis than it was in the spring. Um, fall was super competitive in the conference. It would be great to come back. A lot of times it, it's tough with some of the coaches. Uh, there's a handful within our conference that the varsity coach is also the junior high coach. So then you got the conflict of scheduling right there because um, they both are in the fall. So I don't know. There, I think there are some schools that, that could do it if they wanted to. And it would certainly cut down on the amount of travel we have to go. I, I know everybody in our program would like that, including the parents. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of travel. Some of the schools you said down south, I'm like, ah, that's a ride. Yeah. Yeah, they are some uh, long, long Saturdays. But with nobody in our area, I mean, we got to do it if we want to play. So, For the love of baseball, Got to right? do it. That's right. Always a pleasure talking baseball. Even though football is on, the Bears and the 49ers just kicked off. We're about a minute into their game. But always can talk baseball. I love baseball. And had the opportunity yeah. to broadcast Putnam County baseball on the radio, WLPO-FM 103.9 in the spring 
Hopefully we will return to do that as Putnam County always making a playoff push. And a lot of it is because of this guy. You'll give credit to the players, but you have to give some credit to yourself. Chris Newsom, Putnam County baseball coach and athletic director. Always appreciate talking to you, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brandon. No doubt it's the, it's the players that make the plays. I will always give them that. But I appreciate you having me on. Always. We'll have you on again since you thought I didn't like you. But I, I actually there do you like you a lot and respect you as a baseball guy for sure. All right. Appreciate it, my man. The Putnam County Baseball Interviews with Chris Newsom, Andrew Pishka, and Jackson McDonald are brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. Associates Jason Hintz and Caitlin Henry pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. Caitlin Henry joined the team in July and is excited to help you find your dream vehicle. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Jason and Caitlin will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. And when you do, don't forget to mention where you heard about Mendota Ford as the dealership has a refer a friend or family member program. If you buy a vehicle, the person or podcast you referred will get $100. On our way back from a volleyball match, just got done refereeing. But a couple days ago, we talked to Coach Chris Newsom, Putnam County baseball team, and now we have to have his star, his stud, a dude that's been doing a lot of awesome things for Putnam County. We're talking about Andrew Pishka, the senior. Andrew, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. How was that intro? That was kind of epic. It was. <laughs> I said baseball player, but that's not the only thing you do for Putnam County. You're also golfing this fall, right? Yes, I am. Have you ever golfed before? Because I don't remember your name being brought up as golfers. Uh, no, I actually just picked it up last summer, and I just started, decided I'd play it this fall. Okay, what do you think so far? Uh, it's not that bad. Relaxing. Do you, I know you're a competitor. Do you try to compete with the really good golfers, or are you just like, hey, I'm here to have fun? Oh, yeah. I always, it's always a competition, I, especially in practice. I, me and my buddies always have competitions in practice, too, so. Okay, okay. So you decided you try golf. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there any other sports that you're going to try besides baseball and golf? I've played basketball for since my freshman year, but nothing new, no. Wait, so you're going to play basketball again this year too? Yeah, I plan on Okay, okay. So it seems like you're trying to keep busy during your senior year? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Trying to keep it busy, yeah. It goes by fast, huh? I remember you as a freshman, and then all of a sudden now you're a senior. Yeah, it's kind of crazy thinking about it, especially like sports-wise, how far it's came and how quickly it just went by. But nothing better to do in the fall than play some golf. I mean, who doesn't love to be on a golf course? It was beautiful weather. I think it's going to start getting colder, though. 
Yeah, I'm not very excited about that. They told me it's it's pretty rough out there in the morning in the fall, so. Gotcha. The Putnam County plays at Edgewood in McNabb. That's your home field or home course. What are some other courses that you've liked so far playing golf as you've traveled around the area? A few courses we've went to are uh, Lake Calhoun, which is uh, Stark County's home course. That was very hilly. It was pretty nice, though. Nice scenery out there. Dwight. They had a pretty, they had a pretty nice course. Who, who was that, Dwight? Yeah, Dwight. Gotcha. So a couple courses kind of outside of the area, not ones that uh, if you're just a normal golfer around the Illinois Valley that you would try to go out to unless you know somebody <laughs> out there. So that's cool. Get to go visit some other courses. The two I just named were school. I mean, I've been to uh, Oak Ridge and uh, LaSalle. I like that one. And Spring Creek, I think, is a really nice course. That was Ellsbury Valley. For sure. But yeah. Yeah. For sure. Awesome, awesome. Well, the real yeah. reason I want to talk to you and have you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Always appreciate talking with you. I mean, you're a baseball player, and we'll start with last season. We'll work our way to where we're at now. I mean, you guys get to a sectional title game against Marquette. You guys fall against Marquette, but, man, you guys were doing well the whole postseason, and you had all kinds of potential. Just talk about that team and everything that you guys had going on and the skill level that you guys were playing at. Coming up to postseason, there was a lot of ifs because uh, a few hiccups when we were playing. But definitely when it started to ramp up towards postseason, I think a lot of guys kind of locked in more or guys that were locked in stayed locked in. And, you know, it was really good environment, especially that last two weeks that we played together because, you know, just the uh, intensity on the field and just how well matched together we were especially at that time and then i'm trying to remember i think it was a regional championship was it in samanac where it was like pouring yeah that was uh very interesting we had an umbrella behind us trying to catch rain but i was all muddy soaked yeah pretty pretty bad conditions there as a baseball player do you like playing in the rain or you're like no give me the sun i don't want to play in the rain I think a nice overcast 80 degrees day would be ideal. That was definitely not, because uh, it was a little colder, especially being at the end of the year. You don't like having that, especially being used to, you know, 80s, 90s before that and coming in play with that. That was not fun. So, no, I, I would much rather have very hot than cold and rainy. No doubt. I'm trying to remember who you guys played in the regional title. It was not Hersher, was it? No, it was uh, Yorkville Christian. There we go, Yorkville Christian. Because they eliminated the Panthers in the basketball postseason, so that was kind of like the, hey, they're getting redemption. Yeah, definitely. So they had a feel good beating them in a rain game. Yeah, it definitely felt good, especially adding that basketball aspect of it. Then you guys move on. You win the sectional semifinal. Who was that against? It was against... It was an Elgin school. Oh, it was where we were playing, or where you guys were playing. I did broadcast yeah. on the radio. Yes, that that was their home field. I don't remember. They were, they were a Catholic or a Christian school, but they were from Elgin. Yeah, and we play, you guys played at a, a college. Yeah, we played at Judson University. When you went into the gate... The college atmosphere, the campus, looked like it was a country club. Yeah, it was uh, 
not what I was expecting. Cause I, you know, sometimes I look up places before we go there, and that's definitely not what I was expecting. But. Too bad you didn't bring your golf clubs to that. Maybe you could have got some, you know, some uh, nines in or something. Yeah, I know. That definitely was some nice courses up there. You guys went into that game, and you guys just kind of caught fire. The offense started clicking when it needed to, and you guys won the semifinal. Yeah. After that day, uh, Troy pitched a heck of a game. Didn't give up a run. Pitched all the way until the end. Well, he couldn't because his arm. But, you know, that was great effort from him. Couldn't ask any more of him. And our offense just put, a, put together a few runs, and we got the job done. Is that Troy Smith? Troy Petty. Petty, there we go, there we go. Yeah, he was he was a warrior. He did not want to come out of the game. No, he did not. He was definitely feeling it that day. And since I just brought him up, what's Smith's first name? Drake Smith. There we go, Drake. And he was the winning pitcher for the regional, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, started the regional championship game, but he didn't. Troy actually finished the game because we had to uh, move days. Because of the rain. Yeah. I'm like, I'm piecing it together trying to remember everything. Even though it was just the spring, so much happens and you're like, hey, if I'm trying to remember, I got to talk to Andrew. He's going to piece it together for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So just talk about the Panthers last season where your pitching was phenomenal, your batting order had you know, versatility throughout the whole lineup, just having that kind of team going into a game, knowing like, hey, we could win any one of these that we want to, we just got to play our game. Yeah, definitely uh, at the beginning of the year, I think it was knowledgeable that our pitching was going to be good. Our team was really good this year. So we knew we could pitch games, you know, we knew we could keep it close with anybody we played. We knew our defense coming into the year was going to be good, and it Definitely won us games throughout the year with our pitching, and we just knew we had to hit. That's when we would win those tight games, and that's when we'd lose them as if we'd hit or not. We knew we could pitch. Uh, we'd pitch a good game, play good defense, and if we hit, we it was almost 99% chance we were going to win that game. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but unfortunately the hitting did not come through with Marquette in the sectional final. Nope, it did not. Definitely was one of my worries coming into that game. It happens. Do you view Marquette as a rival? Yes, very much so. I mean, you're two of the top 1A schools baseball-wise in the state, let alone this area. So it's kind of like you have to be, right? Yes, and just being in our conference, just, you know, kind of when you come into Clinton County, even being junior high, you kind of just slowly get that rivalry for them. So now coming into the next season, I'm sure you guys are hungry. Yeah, definitely. I know senior year, don't want to leave anything on the table, so. I know Putnam County still plays fall ball. Are you playing fall ball with the team? I played one weekend with them. Played travel ball with my uh, travel team uh, in the fall. We just travel uh, just a little bit more on my exposure, travel ball way. I would love to be with my guys for school. What travel ball team did you play with during the fall? Or do you play with during the fall? Called the Midwest Hitman. Okay. Anybody yeah. from the Illinois Valley that we may know on the team? Oh, yeah. You, uh, Mac Resetich? Yeah, maybe I've heard that name before. Yeah. Jackson McDonald, my uh, teammate. 
for school. Definitely. Pitcher. Tyler Lapp is the pitcher for Hall. I'll play school too. Guess we should say that Macker said it's just in case anybody doesn't know. But if you follow Hall Sports at all, Macker Sedich is a stud at Hall in his senior year. Anybody else besides uh, Kyle Lab and Jackson McDonald? Around this area, well, we have a lot of kids out of Moline area and Hot Cities area. Okay, okay. So going into this next season, baseball-wise, what are you doing to you know better prepare yourself? What is the team doing to better prepare, you know, itself as a team? We'll start with you first. Individually, what are you doing to try to improve your game? Um, right now, really just focus on getting my hitting aspect down and trying to eliminate errors that are that happened early in the year last year so I don't start off so flat or I can recognize what's going on in the game so maybe I don't struggle as much during the game. Really trying to see the ball better, pick up the spin more, move the ball to right field, especially with travel ball, you know, seeing low to mid-90s, you really got to focus in on your craft, preparing me for school ball. Definitely still lifting, trying to get bigger, trying to hit the ball farther, harder. Well, what about as a team, what are your guys' goals coming into this year? I know you guys lost three or four seniors, but for the most part, the nucleus of the team is still there. My class, we, we got a great group. Definitely losing losing Drake and our starting catcher really, really hurt the team. We're going to have to find a way to plug in those spots. But, you know, just guys are just going to have to step up. Juniors last year that are seniors this year are just going to have to learn their role, learn what they got to do to win. Everybody on our team should expect a regional championship and should ex- expect a sectional final game if we were to come face Marquette again and beat them this year. Because let's face it, there's a good possibility that you guys would meet in a sectional final. Yeah, I don't remember the exact year, but we've been in a north, northern regional for a uh, good stretch here, so I don't think there's any change in soon. Yeah, and Marquette's in it every single year with you guys. Yeah, they'll more than likely be in our subsection this year. Sounds like you're already ready, even though it's September and uh, we got to wait till March, but it sounds like you're ready. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last game of the year last year obviously did not sit very well. And, uh, playing fall, seeing everybody again, really just reignites that, you know, wanting to play. Because travel ball, you know, playing with all your guys from hometowns and just grinding out games, it's just different. Well, Andrew Pishka, senior at Putnam County, playing golf right now. Going to play baseball for the Panthers in the spring. Thank you for joining us on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Yep, it was great being on here. Thanks for that turn. Surf. Internet's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent all-in pricing that includes equipment fees and taxes. With speed packages starting at $35 a month, you'll get a free modem, free expert installation, and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans. Plus, no contracts 
and no data caps at a price that's locked in for life. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Had an awesome guest ready to go. And he's here. We'll get to him. Before we were scheduled to talk, my phone lit up with like three alerts real quick. And it was all about John Morant and another video with him with a gun. So obviously he didn't learn the first time when he got a couple game suspension, a leave of the team. He comes back, playoffs, yada, yada, yada. Does it again. Now he's suspended from the team. And definitely, who knows when he's coming back. My guest, who I said was here, he's here. Great guest. Ready to talk to him about Putnam County baseball as we got senior Jackson McDonald. But I also know Jackson is a all-sport fan. Jackson, what do you think about John Morant and how he is sabotaging his career? It's crazy what he's been doing. I mean, obviously, he got, he got lucky the first time with the eight-game suspension. He definitely could have got more than that. But obviously, he ain't learning his lesson. I can't believe that he did it again. Yeah, so goofy. He did the apology. I think they said he was going to go try to get help, these things. And then, you know, a month, maybe two months later, he's doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I even saw this morning on ESPN, they, uh, even, he already came out with a statement saying that he was like, he's sorry, and he was trying to get better. And obviously, he didn't up to his word. Yeah, because now it's like, can you even believe this dude? Because he just said it. So if he says it again, what does that mean? He just don't want his career down the drain at this point. I was sent a meme from a college friend a little while ago today. And it's a picture of some random dude. Don't know who he is, but he's looking cynically. And he goes, this is Derek Rose wondering why John Morant has got two great knees but wants to be hood. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Derrick Rose is literally probably sitting there like, bro, give me your knees because uh, I had a great career but couldn't play because of injuries. You have two knees that are definitely serviceable, and you're throwing them away, not using them so you can be an idiot. Yeah, I'm, that's brutal. But what has not been brutal, Jackson McDonald, is your baseball game, Putnam County Panthers. I know it's been probably, I think it was in April, about a month ago today, being Mother's Day. May 14th, happy Mother's Day to everybody. You had a game of 16 Ks. Yes, sir. You were feeling it that day. I was. I had all four of my pitches were working for me. I could throw them for strikes. My changeup was really effective, and I mixed it up well, kept all their hitters off balance. They got a couple really good bats in the middle of their lineup. I was able to get through them, and I just locked in, got my zone, and was feeling it that day. Who were you playing? Henry. And they're a good team, too. Yes, yes, they got they got some couple good arms, some real good bats in the middle of their lineup. Just a tough matchup. They beat Marquette earlier in the year. I was just gonna say that Marquette state champ was it last year or the year before? No, they they got third last year. They did make it to state. Yeah, I think it was two years before that. I think this is the fourth season removed from their state championship. But they've been in the mix every single year since then. So if you get a win against the Marquette team, you're like, hey, this is a big deal. You beat Marquette. Yes. Yes, of course. What has it been about this year that, you, you know, you've been playing so well? 16 Ks in that game, but, you know, you're in a pitching rotation that is constantly keeping the Putnam County Panthers in games. What is it about the season that's allowing you to do that? 
Uh, just trusting my defense with my guys. I mean, they trust me to throw on the mound, so obviously I'm going to trust them to make plays behind me and string some bats together for me. And, yeah, we just got a lot of trust in each other and just a good, good overall teammate chemistry with us. You guys got a pretty solid nucleus that's been together for quite a few years. We've been playing trap ball since, like, 11U with me, Andrew, Austin, Eddie. Nicholas Curry has, has played with us. Uh, like, all of us, we've, we've been playing together in Little, like little League, been playing together for almost, like, probably 10 years now, 9, 10 years. Okay, when you say Andrew, you're talking about Andrew Pishka, and Austin is Austin Mattingly. Yes, sir. Throughout your high school years, so the last four, each one of the three of you have either been a player, uh, all-area player, all-conference player, or definitely in the mix. Our off-season work is big. Like We're always pushing each other, pushing each other to be the best they can be, and, well, you see the results. I mean, it's obviously paying off a little bit. Definitely. Today being Sunday... Tomorrow starts the postseason. You and I were talking before I hit the record button. You guys start your regional on Thursday. I mean, what are the expectations going into this postseason? We've had a lot of ups and downs throughout the year. We've had a lot tougher schedule this year than we normally have. I think all that preparation is getting us ready, and we're hoping for another deep, deep run. Meet Mar- try to meet Marquette in, in the uh, sectional championship in Elgin again. Can't look past anybody. We're going to have a tough matchup between either... Hinkley Big Rock or Earlville on Thursday. And we got one more tune-up game versus St. Bede tomorrow. I was at your sectional championship game last year between Marquette and Putnam County, and that was a battle then, so I'm not thinking that it's going to be anything different if it happens again this year. They beat us twice already this year, both really good games. First game we lost to them 4-1, to one, and then we lost to them at their place. Three to nothing. But we always we're always in a tough game with them. Always play well. It's a good good rivalry matchup. Obviously Marquette's a big rivalry matchup with us. I mean, the same conference. We're always us it's always between us two and our in Tri County conference. Uh we expect nothing less than a dog fight if we were to see him again later in the postseason. I'm not gonna lie, I think the Putnam County Marquette baseball matchups are kind of my favorite baseball games of the year. I, I like both teams, and you guys give it your all, and you can tell that both teams want to beat the other one. I would 100% agree with that. That's my. That's what, those are the games that we always circle on our schedule when we get it out. Coach always schedules them for the Monday, the last Monday, Tuesday uh, of the year. So we're in the situation of a conference championship on the line, like we were this year. This year we had to beat them twice. Unfortunately, we didn't, but we're looking to see them again in the sectional championship. I like how you said we can't look past the games that we have before Marquette, if we reach Marquette, St. Bede being one of them. They won the Three Rivers Conference East Division and a Bill Booker-led team. You can never forget about those guys either. Oh, yeah, they're, they're well coached. Uh, they pour their heart into every sport they play day in and day out. Uh, definitely someone you don't want to sleep on. Real good ball club. And like I said, very well coached. Booker is very, very hard coach to beat. Did you play them in the regular season? This Monday is our is uh, still considered our regular season game when we play them, but we were we were scheduled to play them a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it got rained out, and then we just rescheduled it for tomorrow. Gotcha. I didn't know if you played them already, but you know they're not not in the same conference, so I guess you know that makes sense. Only one game. They'll be with us uh, next year, joining the Tri County. Yeah, they're pulling out of Three Rivers and joining Tri County. I mean, that's. 
kind of good for you guys and St. Bede and Marquette because honestly, even though St. Bede has been in the Three Rivers Conference with those teams for a little while here, I mean, the St. Bede Putnam County games have that rivalry feeling to them. Even from basketball to baseball, us, us, I mean, St. Bede's 15 minutes down the road from us. Uh, we all, we've all known the kids, played against them since we were young, and they're always they're a big rivalry, just like we are with Marquette. Definitely. It's going to be good times in the Tri-County with them. And I think they were in there before for a little bit, weren't they? Yeah, they were. And then they moved out to the Three Rivers, and now they're coming back. Coming back home? <laughs> yep. For sure, for sure. Coming home to tough, toughen up an already tough conference. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Henry Sinanchuan a little bit. I mean, they're in that conference, and I think every single year they get better. They're improving. Yes, 100%. I mean, they came off a, came off a regional win, regional championship last year. Probably they could probably do it again this year. Yeah, we, we got we got three regional level teams already in in uh, our conference, and we're just adding another one, so it'll be a good one. Yeah, because St. Bede's a regional champ just about every year as well. Yep, not too long ago, like what what was it, like six years ago? That they did what you cut out for just a second. Yeah, uh, they had the state run, the state run. Yeah, I believe that was two thousand and it was either fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, somewhere around there. Because then Hall won the state championship in 18. So I want to say it was 15 or 16 when they had Jared Olson. Yeah. I was there at that game, but I can't remember what year it was. They had the uh, ESPN Sports Center play. Yes, yes, they did. Do you remember watching that? I do. I was was young. I went to their camp, their baseball camp that year. And I thought it was so cool because, like, uh, uh, Brady Booker, uh, Jared Olson, all of them were there. As a young kid, it's cool to see those guys in person and all that. They look like celebrities when you're seven, eight years old. Are you a celebrity now in the uh, Granville, Putnam County area? I don't like to think so, but I've been told by other people that I'm important. But I just, I just like to stick to my stuff and just let everything I do do the work, do the talk for me. Definitely. Sometimes that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. You had mentioned... Uh, when we were talking about the Tri-County, you said something about basketball. You had a pretty elite basketball season, too. I know Putnam County didn't go as far as he wanted to in the playoffs, but you were able to put up some numbers, and Putnam County won some games that maybe you guys shouldn't have won, but you and Austin Mattingly got the job done. Yeah, like, me and Austin both have a lot of experience. I played varsity four years. He played three. Andrew Pishka as well has a lot of point guard experience there. We have a lot of competitiveness. We just brought it with us, whether it's on the baseball field or on the basketball court, and give it our best uh, on, all, at all times. A lot of people in high school, you know, senior year is the end, so you try to cap it off with the best sports years, the best music years, the best educational, you know, whatever you're, trying, whatever you're doing in high school, you try to make it your best. How do you feel about this senior year, your senior campaign? How do you think you're going out? Basketball, I think I went out went out with a pretty big bang. Thought I had a better had my best year yet throughout my four years. Uh, baseball started off slow on the mound. Henry game, the 16 strikeout game, was really kind of like my welcome back game, I guess you could say, because I was I've been I was struggling first four starts of the year, I'd say, trying to find my stuff, and then finally found my stuff against Henry, and then I threw against Midland after that, and then I just threw against Marquette this past Wednesday and had another good outing. So now you're finding your zone right when it's time to come postseason. Yes, sir. Good stuff, good stuff. 
Are you going to work at Bojo's this summer or this fall? That's how I actually... So I knew who you were. I knew the name Jackson McDonald. Saw you on baseball games, you know, that kind of stuff. And I go and help friends, you know, at Bojo's. And I'm talking to you. Didn't know that you were Jackson McDonald. The same one on the baseball field, the basketball court. Guess I just never paid attention to a face. That's on, on me. But we get talking and I'm like, oh, that's that's you. I'm like connecting the dots here. Are you going to do that? Are you heading to college? What's next for you after that? Well, first of all, I'm going to St. Charles Community College to play baseball. I'm going to go pitch there. I'm going to have a short window here after, so I graduate next Sunday. And then hopefully we're still on a deep run. The state championship game is June 4th. If, if we're so lucky to be in that, I leave. I have, I have a league June 7th down in St. Louis, and I'm going to be living there all summer. So you have like three days from the state championship game to when you got a report for camp. Yes, sir. Nice, nice. And then you get to learn about uh, being an older baseball player and your schedule disappears. It's just everything's packed now. I mean, I've always put time aside for my schedule, for, for, uh, whether it's weight training, like just training in general, throwing, long toss, practice, games. I mean, it just the schedule keeps getting fuller and fuller, but I love it. Good stuff. What made you decide to go pitch at St. Charles? My recruiting process started uh, this past summer. Uh, had some good outings. Got a couple offers. Junior college, Division threes, uh, NAIAs. Threw a game down in Texas, Dallas, Texas. Had a pretty good outing. A couple of a couple kid, or there was a kid on my travel team. His name's Jack Fagerson. He was telling me about St. Charles. He had an offer from there, and he on a visit. Said it was awesome. So I listened to them, and then they reached out to me. Went down to the campus tour, met the coach, all that good stuff. Place was beautiful. It's on the northwest side of St. Louis, about 15 minutes from downtown. It's a real good area. Their baseball team is pretty good. They just lost in Division One Junior College uh, yesterday. But they're, they got a solid group. Their results of pushing out Division One athletes two years have been pretty high, and I just felt like an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Good stuff, man. I'm really happy for you, proud of you that you're going to the next level and somewhere where you know you're excited to go. Yes, of course. Well, Jackson McDonald, Putnam County senior, getting ready for the postseason. It is always a blast talking to you. Glad you're doing so well. Glad you got college all mapped out. And it's coming fast and furious, but I know you're the man for the job. Thanks for talking on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And you know we're rooting for you come postseason. Thank you, sir.